For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And we are live with another episode of the Believe in Orlando Magic Podcast. I am your host, Max Van Auken from the Max Van Auken Podcast, the MVP. And I am joined by a podcast host from Combo's Court. I believe over 350 episodes, unbelievable content, 6'5", lefty, crafty, Andrew Combo Salop, how are you? I'm good, man. You're right. Over 130. I said over 130. Over, over 350 episodes, man. That's pretty cool, man. Coming to think about it now, right? Yeah, that's consistency, determination, focus, all the qualities of an NBA champion. That's what we got to get to, and that's what we need the Orlando Magic to get to, right? Yeah, we're, we're, we're a ways away right now, but everyone started from somewhere. That's a big fact, Max Van Auken. Double down on your uniqueness. And you'll be the GOAT. I like that. But we are towards the end of the season here, Andrew Combo Salop. And as we know, the Orlando Magic are not going to the postseason. So we're looking at the last couple of games here. Um, and it looks like we're projected to get, what, the number one, number two overall pick in the draft. So now I guess it gets down to focusing on who is the best player available. Because I know you and I are big believers on that. It's either best fit or best available. We both agree, get the best available um, and I think you have a guy in mind, correct? Yeah, I would just go with Chet Holmgren. I think he has the highest upside. Um, none of these guys really showed, honestly, none of them were super great in this March Madness, right, out of the top four. Yeah. Um, I mean, Paulo has had really good games, and then he's had, like, solid to good games as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the other three haven't played that great, but I would say even – Chet not being outstanding, he's showing all the tools to be what they call a unicorn. Like, he really is like that. And he's not the type of unicorn that won't fit, that's not scalable to a winning NBA team. Like, he's a switchable defender, great rim protector, could pass it, could shoot it, could dribble it. Um, a lot of it does depend on how good of a shooter he actually becomes. But he has great feel for the game. He's 7-1. Um, I love him. I love his game, and I think he's the best player available. And if I was the Magic... I wouldn't pass up on him. What do you think about Jabari? You know, Jabari, I don't think I'm as high on him as maybe others, but I have that killer instinct most of the times. He's a really good shooter. He's probably the best shooter out of those top four, right? And um, I think that's what's really impressive about him. And you know, in the modern ever, you need to be able to shoot it. Um, he, he does have that killer instinct. His handle and his passing aren't great. And that's probably something he's going to have to get better at to be more of that connecting piece and a guy who could attack closeouts. So that's the thing he could he really might have to work on. But I do like him, man. Really good shooter. Um, a lot of those times he's towing the line on those college threes, so I think he's going to have to stretch it out a little bit for the NBA line. Um, yeah, I, obviously a very great college player. I don't think I'm as high on him as others when it comes to his NBA potential. Like, he definitely, in my opinion, doesn't have the NBA potential as a Chet Holmgren does. Right. Now, let's just say they draft Chet Holmgren for argument's sake. 
where do you see him fitting with this roster? So you get Jonathan Isaac back. You have Markel Fultz, who's obviously returned already. You have Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony. So you got your backcourt kind of established. But as far as his fit with Mo Bamba, Jonathan Isaac, Wendell Carter Jr., where do you see him fitting if they were to draft Chet Holgram? Well, first things first, we have to see how Jonathan Isaac returns, right? So that's another reason. I know we don't always go with uh, fit, but that's another reason to draft a big because we got plenty of guards, and we really don't know. We haven't seen Jonathan Isaac in a while, so I hope he comes back great. Um, I've been really high on Jonathan Jonathan Isaac since Summer League, the year he played. But um, I think he fits in great with Wendell because Wendell's that glue guy who could play from the top. He could play down low, and Chet could do the same, and Chet could be more of that backline defense that protects the rim. So I love him with all those guys. I don't know if they're going to move forward with Mo Bamba, even though he's showing more flashes. Like I see him knocking down that corner three last night versus Cleveland. And he's always intriguing, right? But he's that unicorn that you really don't know what his NBA role is. That's the interesting thing about uh, Mo Bamba. So I don't know if they should really move forward with Mo Bamba. If they did have the opportunity to um, to draft Chet, I would really build around that uh, Wendell Carter and uh, – Chet lineup. I mean, Wendell is so good. You're starting to see that they're not even playing him in the fourth quarter because I think they're looking at the tank mode as of now, which is which is kind of interesting with only what seven, six games left. So I really like that duo if they're able to grab Chet and hopefully Jonathan Isaac comes back strong. Yeah, and, and if they get Chet, their length is ridiculous. Like they're, I mean, even yeah. like just adding him to the lineup with everybody else, they're just a really long young team, which is what you really want in today's NBA. So now it's just. Yeah, and I wonder what they can get with the backcourt. Like, do you keep – I think this has been the question all season long. I know, like, when I'm covering the games, um, a lot of media members talk about this. So you have Suggs, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, RJ Hampton. Who do you not necessarily build around? Like, not everyone has to be a franchise guy, but you have to establish an identity. So who is their, like, backcourt? Like, do they have to just keep what they have? And you know what? If we – are going to start Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs. We're going to have Markel Fultz come off the bench with RJ Hampton. Um, obviously, you have some wings as well. Like you got, you have Terrence Ross and um, Gary Trent Jr. and whatnot. But and they have Okiki, so they have options here. But do you keep the backcourt the way it is, or do you look to move some pieces? Combo. Just from their player types, I don't look as Mark. I don't look at Markel as an off the bench type guy because he's such a great point guard. He makes those around him better. He gets in the lane. Cole Anthony's more of that explosive scorer. So from player type point of view, I might want to bring Cole off the bench um, and let him maybe just score against second units, you know, because he's a pretty dynamic scorer, even though the efficiency hasn't been great at times. <laughs> but I don't know how he would take that <laughs> with his personality, right? Right. Um, Jalen Suggs, you, you kind of have to move forward with because he's so in his rookie contract that you really have no choice at this point with him. So I would definitely try and maybe go with that duo of Suggs and Fultz, but then there's not a lot of shooting. So that's an issue too. I guess you'll have some shooting with, with um, you know, Franz. Who's, yeah, man, it's going to be tough to see who to move forward with, but maybe try and bring Cole off the bench and um, go forward. with. I definitely wouldn't bring Markel off the bench. I think he's a really good NBA player that can help a really good NBA team right now, like Markel. Like, I think he could help playoff teams, in my opinion. Like, Markel is a really tough player who's good already. Those guys are more developing. Right. And he's a he's a big guard, too. So he can initiate yeah. a lot of contact. He gets to the paint really easily. 
Um, I have a question. So this is like a, it's a macro question combo. It's not specific to this Orlando Magic team, but throughout the history of the NBA, they've been able to have some really talented players. But they, I feel like they've right. never been a big free agent destination. So is there a point in time where Orlando can become that? Like if you were the GM, if you were one of the owners of the NBA uh, of the Orlando Magic, I mean, for one, it's Florida. You have a lot going on in Orlando. All the the amusement parks, the business opportunities. Why isn't it a free agent destination? Is it just because of how poorly ran it's been over the past couple of years? If we're just being brutally honest, or do you believe it's just never really appealing? I just think there's and I. Hey, I think Orlando is a great place to live. I've actually visited there and I really love Orlando, but I think there's only like, like it's the Texas teams, it's the LA teams and it's the New York teams that are usually like the free agent destinations and it hasn't even really been the New York team. So there's only so many teams that players really like to go to. I guess you could throw maybe Miami in there for the vibes, you know, you heard they got the vibes <laughs> in Miami, as you know, <laughs> but um, yeah, like Orlando is a, uh, going to be a big free agent destination for any time soon even if they do become big i think they're a team that has to build through free agency at the draft okay and i mean yeah because atlanta was one of those that i always was questioning like why isn't atlanta why isn't dallas i love, atlanta. Yeah. I, yeah, I love orlando i love atlanta so i'm with you i just think the big business opportunities especially for those top level i know we have social media now so this doesn't mean as much like you don't have to live in a place to actually build your business anymore because of technology but I do think those higher-end NBA players do like to live in L.A. and in New York. We've seen it with L.A. over and over again. That's L.A.'s brand. Yeah. To like, to like, they let a really dynamic franchise player um, from another team, and they try and bring them in once their brand is already built. Like, we've seen it with Shaq, right? I know Kobe was there, but we've seen it with Kareem. Um, and there's, you know, we've seen it with that super team they tried to make with Carl Malone and Gary Payne oh, and yeah. Steve Nash that – didn't really work out. Those guys were a little bit older. Um, they tried, They brought in Dwight Howard the first time, right? So that's what they do. They they kind of survey things and they try and bring in these big free agents. Right. Yeah, and because uh, we're always talking about the future of the Orlando Magic and the direction and who they're going to pick and who they're going to draft. So I'm like, you know what? Why isn't the free agent destination? We don't even ever talk about it. And I was like, with certain teams, you have to talk about it. Like you said, the major markets. But Orlando, we've never, ever, like, we don't even consider that in these discussions that we have. So I was just curious, is that something that you can form or is that something that just happens locationally? Like, it just was... I don't know. It was puzzling me. I wasn't sure why. And I mean, I understand if it's a bad team, obviously free agents aren't going to want to go there, but even like teams that are respectable and are good. Sometimes you're like Dallas, for example, I always was curious why had the are arguably the best owner in sports, Mark Cuban, no state tax in Texas, Luka Donich, one of the best young stars in the game. Why isn't that like, wow, why doesn't that attract more free agents? Like what makes it a free agent destination? Quiet as it's kept, I don't know if guys really want to play with guys like Luca, LeBron, and Trey that really hold the ball a lot, right? Right. Because it is harder to get into the flow with those kind of guys. Um, and I understand where players are coming from, but obviously those three are great, great players. But I do think we're going towards a trend where we're going away from like heliocentric basketball. And Luca is going to be so good going forward that he'll probably defy that. And Dallas will be A-OK, right, just because of his size and how talented the guy is. 
Um, LeBron is obviously older, and we'll have to see what happens with Trey. But I do think the Memphis model, which is kind of somewhat of the Spurs model, uh, where we're going to be heading towards. And it's just going to be tougher with those heliocentric type guys. So I don't know if players really want to play with those type of guys anymore. No, I agree. That's why I sold my Lucas stock. Not because I'm questioning how great he's going to be. I know he's going to put up fantastic numbers. He's going to hit game winners. But I don't know if you can win playoff series, beat a team four times playing that type of way. Like The only person we've really seen win championships consistently being ball dominant like that is LeBron James. And that's arguably the greatest player of all time. Maybe the second greatest player of all time. Now, even Giannis, when he won it, when he when Milwaukee was at its best, they took the ball out of his hands a little bit. He played a little bit more off the ball, caught it mid-free throw line or on the post, and then he can facilitate or he can attack. I don't think you win like that in today's league. Yeah, you can win like that. You just have to have a guy so good that he defies the odds, right? It, it's harder to win like that, to be honest. Right. Because- but if you have that guy that plays that way and the right pieces around him, I think it could still happen, and I wouldn't sell my uh, Lucas stock. Oh, okay. I mean, we can we're we're gonna timestamp this, and we'll we'll go back to it because, like I said, Michael Jordan was averaging thirty, forty points. Phil Jackson said, "No, take the ball out of your hands. We want you to win championships, not scoring titles." Luca, and I've I've watched him live. I've interviewed him. Like he's a he's an amazing player. But I was like, this just isn't. It just reminds me of James Harden. Now I think he's more talented than James Harden. I think he has more of an upside than James Harden. Um, but I just think it's maybe I'm wrong and maybe he does do exactly what you say. He's just an all time great who can overcome that. It takes a very special player and he does have that potential to do that. I just, if I was a GM, that's not how I'd want to build my team. I'm not mad at you for saying that. I mean, look at the the success of Memphis, of Cleveland. Uh, I mean, these teams, they might not be legit title contenders. And actually the Celtics are playing more like the style of play that you're talking about. Earlier in the season and in previous seasons, it was more isocentric. Like, just from the eye test, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it looks like there's more catch-and-shoot situations. It looks like it's better ball movement. Mm -hmm. And obviously, the defense has been great. So, those guys are moving the ball better, and they're taking more of those spot-up threes, in my opinion, from what I'm seeing. I don't have the actual numbers in front of me, as I said, but there's just way better flow to their offense. That's why I really believe in them, because – I thought they were just so isocentric with Jalen and Jason, the two J's. Right. No, great point. Combo, is there anything you want to touch on with the Orlando Magic before we move on to the rest of the league? It'll be interesting to see how they move forward. If they're going to, I think they're going to go with playing as hard as they can, trying to win these games, but, but maybe not putting the ideal lineups out there at the same time, if that makes sense. So it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on that for these last couple games. And, the real it's crazy it comes down to lottery balls i know i know (laughs) that's what it's that's what it's really all about at this time right so we got to see what draft pick they get um i hope they get the number one pick and i hope they draft chet if they do that's who i would go with um as i said no one really super impressed in march madness out of the top four i guess you could say paulo but i don't know if he's the guy you want to go with on that team um but yeah it'll be interesting it'll be interesting going forward Right. No, absolutely. And I think that's exactly what you're going to see. Um, Transitioning to the rest of the league, I wanted to bring up a Zion topic, um, but I really wanted to get your thoughts on the Eastern Conference because, like you mentioned, the Boston Celtics, um, you have the Miami Heat, you have the Milwaukee Bucks. um, You have a couple different teams. Everyone's talking about the Brooklyn Nets and where they're going to end up seeding. What are you making of the Eastern Conference right now? Is there one team – obviously, there's Philly. Is there one team to you – 
that sticks out saying, yeah, they should be the favorites to come out of the East. Because out of the West, I think it's between Phoenix and Golden State. And now Golden State's had its struggles recently. Don't get that twisted. But when it's playoff time, I, I if you have a healthy Steph Curry with a Clay to Draymond championship type of roster and DNA, um, Phoenix clearly is the best team right now in the West, but I wouldn't count out the Warriors. But in the East, it seems like you can kind of make a case for any team. Now, I'm not sold on the Miami Heat. Um, I think they are a good regular season team, but I don't think they have a superstar like a Milwaukee, who's my favorite to come out of the East. You have a Philly, who I believe is right there. Um, is there a team to you that sticks out in the East? Well, the Celtics have been sticking out, but unfortunately, Robert Williams, I think he suffered a torn meniscus, which is a big blow to them because he anchored their whole defense, and he was one of the most unique defenders in the league. And as I said, they were moving the ball a lot better. But that's a really big blow to them, and I think it hurts them a lot. But I do right. think they were going towards that legit title contention range. Um, I think they actually have the number one record in the East, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Am I right on that? No, they were. T- that's the thing. They were tied, I believe. It's like they okay. did get the number one seed, but now I believe it's. T- I, now I could be wrong on this, but pretty sure it was tied between them, um, the Miami Heat, and the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, and it was like Miami. Certain yeah. certain teams Miami have eight is, games left. Ahead, certain te- yeah, certain teams have eight games left. Certain teams have like six games left. Yeah, so that's that's interesting. Um, Miami is always right there with that heat culture and yeah they don't have a superstar but they have guys that can gear up and become almost they have like three guys who if they gear up in the right way and they're playing at their top level are they can play at a superstar level like bam has played at a superstar level jimmy has played at a superstar level kyle has played at a superstar level before right so if those if those three guys are hitting on all cylinders and the big key for them is Duncan Robinson because he goes through stretches where he's knocking down shots like every shooter, and he goes down stretches that he's not. Um, Tyler Hero, he's obviously a guy that can heat up real quick. He's really flammable, as we like to say. So their defense will always be good because that's what heat culture is. And I think they're going to be really dangerous in the playoffs. You know, the Nets have Kyrie and KD, so never count them out, right? And I think Seth Curry was a really big pickup. For them, the thing with them is they just have to have adequate defense to give them a chance, right? They just can't be terrible on defense. They need adequate defense to give them a chance with their level of offense. So, um, you know, Joel Embiid playing at an MVP level for most of the season. You pair him up with Harden. You can't count them out. So the whole league is really wide open. You mentioned the West and the East is wide open as well. Right. And that, that's what makes it so fun and entertaining. I'm just curious to see how things unfold because Brooklyn, even though they're not a high seed, if Kyrie's able to play home games, I would not want to see that team at all in the postseason. Kevin Durant and Kyrie, um, both playing and clicking at all cylinders. I wanted to ask you about this. So this video went viral. Zion Williamson between the legs, dunk, and then he's dunking all over Corey Brewer in practice. He's moving pretty well. And now, obviously, this is a small sample size. We don't see everything um, but compared to us always, and I say us as media members, we were just seeing, we were evaluating and breaking down how he looks in like a hoodie. So I know this video was having everybody just micro analyzing everything that he does and all of his movements, but it looks like for the most part, he looks healthy. He looked explosive. Is this, are you optimistic for, about Zion Williamson going into next season? Because when he did play, he was putting up like Wilt-like efficiency numbers, dominating the paint, everything we wanted him to be, 
But of course we had the concerns about someone that explosive moving that fast with that type of weight. Is this what you wanted to see? And do you believe we could get a healthy Zion next season? Yeah, I do think we can get a healthy Zion next season. I wasn't one of those guys who was concerned. I was not one of those guys who was concerned going into the NBA that he would have injury issues. I seem to be somewhat wrong, right? Because a lot of former players were saying the weight's going to be an issue. He's going to get injured. And I was just really optimistic about that. And so far, they have been right, and I have been wrong. But I will say, if you look at, let's say, Joel Embiid, he didn't really play a lot his first two years. So I hope it's the same situation as that. I don't think necessarily because he's been injured a lot and he hasn't played a lot of games in his first few seasons that it will happen like that going forward. Um, the problem is, though, I think that Zion and the Pelicans, from all the indications, are not on the same page. And that's almost a bigger issue for the Pelicans as the injury issues are, right? Because if you don't have your star player, your organization on the same page, it just sends a terrible message to your fan base. Right. No, absolutely. And I hope he has a dietitian with him and he's staying lean and stretching and whatnot. It's, it's, t- it's tough in New Orleans, right? Right, exactly. But at the end of the day, Combo, and you're going to like this because of where you're currently recording, I think he wants to be in New York. And I think that's mm. the best fit for him. The big stage, the Apple, his Cam type and of play. RJ. Oh, my God. And, and now Cam, right? Yeah, Duke is back. Duke will be back. I'm saying. I mean, I, I, I think that makes sense. I mean, is that just something we're, we're reading into so much? Because Zion was talking about how – I don't know what the exact quote was, but he definitely was talking about how he was excited to play in the garden or it was great or there was nothing like it. So, uh, yeah, that could be interesting if he ends up in New York. He, he's done everything he can possibly do without saying, I want to play here. You know what I mean? Like he he's shown every reason to say, yeah, this is where I want to play. And and I think it makes the most sense. I would love to see him in New York. <coughs> I think he deserves that. But combo, we're towards the end of this episode here. I know we want to inform everyone that's listening. We're going to continue doing this podcast um, even into the postseason. They can't get enough of us. But before we kind of wrap it up here, our moment of the week. And I believe if I'm correct, the floor is yours. Well, Max. No matter how you want to take this situation, I think we all know what the moment of the week was. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? I don't know. Will Smith smacking Chris <laughs> is the moment of the week. Now, there's varying opinions on the situation. I understand both sides. But I have never seen anything like that before in my life on that kind of stage. That was crazy max and that is the moment of the week and honestly we could probably end this podcast like i love your moments of the week but there's no way that anybody could debate that's not the moment of the week it could be the moment of the year honestly and i could just picture you with the straightest face right now saying this that's what's making me laugh my thing is yeah it it was there was i've never seen anything like that for one two there's so many different ways to look at it because everything that they've been through with their relationship and the breakfast club really pointed this out such a good point when you have superstars you don't really know what they're what they go through on a daily basis when they're home what bothers them what they're insecure about and clearly she has health issues with her hair and so chris rock was was i don't think he meant it maliciously but that was the wrong time to make a joke about her hair and he clearly saw how it affected her and so i'm not justifying what he did because it was wrong and he ended up apologizing for it. he just released a statement he was wrong for what he did but I do understand 
if you constantly feel like your family is always being attacked, a relationship was being attacked, and then Chris Rock makes a joke about a health condition that she's insecure about, I get that. I, I do. I understand why. And I'm sure it was a buildup. Just unfortunately, Chris Rock happened to be on the end of it. Um, but yeah, no, that was I, – when I saw that, I didn't even know what to make of it at first. I didn't know if it was real, but it clearly was real. Yeah, it was real. I know people were saying it's staged. Wow, Chris Rock really took that hit really well, right? No, not like, only he took I don't it well. think I don't think that was a soft blow. Like people were saying he didn't hit him that hard. It seemed like he hit him pretty hard. Bro, he not only did he take it well, he just laughed it off and continued. And the thing is, he was a true professional. Like, how many people could have taken a big slap from a guy? Will Smith is a big dude who clearly, he, I mean, he looked like Ali in there. And he's played that role, so you know he has hands. How many? <laughs> in West Philadelphia, <laughs> raised on the playground. Well, Smith did. Yeah, you're right. He did play Ali. I will tell you one thing, right? No matter how you look at it, Will Smith, and nobody, I don't, I, this is, I think this is an original take. Because I haven't heard. Maybe you could tell me uh, if somebody talked about this. But the strategy Will Smith had going up, amazing. Because it didn't look like he was going to smack him. He played a real cool. He had the walk. He had the stride. Nobody knew what he was going to do. I think that's moment. He last the la- the very last moment he had to. He let it off quick, right? Like he didn't he didn't start cocking back his hand early. You know what I mean? Like that was phenomenal strategy by Will. No, it was, and what it was so weird because yeah, he walked up, and I think Chris Rock thought it was about to be a fun joke, a good moment for TV, and everyone's applauding. He looked so calm, and then after he slapped him, he looked calm. Like it was so weird. He like walks back, like he just, yep, I just slapped him, and he's just walking back like it was just another day. And then he sits down, and you then no, you know, you know, oh, you, Matt, sorry to cut you off. You know what the crazy thing about that was? What? Back somebody, I would not turn my back to them. Yeah, that, even look back. Yeah, that was a little disrespectful. Crazy. That was a little disrespectful. Like he knew Chris, you're not going to do a that. little. <laughs> it was just the walk away. Like he had no ounce of, like, oh, this is a threat. He knew he wasn't going to do anything. And to Chris Rock's credit, I've seen a couple people say that. So if you slap me, I'm going to fight. Yeah, but when you're getting paid millions of dollars and you're hosting the Oscars, he understands there's a certain level of responsibility that you have to have. And I thought Chris, Chris Rock was a true professional. That is true. I have to agree with you there. Um, man, he, 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 he kept like, he kept a smile on. He didn't seem too dazed. And it was crazy that everybody was consoling Will Smith. People should have been consoling Chris Rock. That was a pretty hard slap, man. I heard in the building that it, it was pretty loud as well. Yeah. And I just don't know how many people could take that laugh it off and then still be a professional about it like that that was i was more impressed with chris rock if you think about it they were true pros on both sides the way that will smith walked up with the boys (laughs) didn't let him know what was going to happen didn't show his cards and chris smith i said chris smith chris rock just taking that smack like that wow two true pros but i kind (laughs) of see a lot of like i do see both sides of it can't do that age but i do see the side of it when somebody disrespects your wife i mean sometimes you could just see red and all he's been through this year and probably all built up but at the end of the day i do think it was a very unfortunate situation but 
funny situation at the same time. I mean, what could you say? What could, like that that was it was funny, bro. I mean, there's, there's no two ways about it, but it, it was unfortunate at the same time. And I'm gonna say this: the last thing I'll say about it, I stopped watching the Oscars because I thought it was just kind of ridiculous. Now it's like the it's a really really cool event. It's obviously the top tier actors in the business, and I love movies. I'm a movie guy. But it's just when they started giving awards to things that just didn't make any sense to me. And I'm not the type of person to like just go on strike because you didn't get your way, but it just was repeatedly every year and didn't make sense to me on who got the best this or best that. Like This is Will Smith's first Best Actor Award, which is crazy to me. And King Richard was amazing, by the way. Um, unfortunately, this kind of took away from that. But this is the most talked about the Oscars got in a long time. And so in a weird way, not that they wanted this to happen, but have you heard this many people talk about the Oscars like this? That is true. That is true. I guess that's why some people would say it was staged. No, I don't know if it was, especially the way that he was cursing. I don't think it was staged, but do you believe that all attention is good attention? I'm not a big believer in that, especially because if you embarrass yourself or do something that's not right, like, I don't think this was a good thing for Will. This wasn't good for Will. I mean, because Will has accomplished so much, he doesn't need anything like that, right? He does not need anything like that. Yeah, and he's top five this favorite is like, actor. This is viral moments. This doesn't viral moments. I don't believe like everybody needs moments, but you know, consistency, greatness. That's what makes somebody a goat or the goat, right? Not viral moments, and I don't think Will needed this one. Agree, combo, combo. This was an episode for the ages. It is your famous outro. It's been a pleasure recording with you once again. The floor is yours. I'm throwing you. Th- I'm walking up to the stage. I won't slap you, but I'm handing you the mic. I guess we could save Max's moment of the week for next week since we agreed on this moment of the week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what a show. You can find Max on Instagram, underscore, Van underscore Auken. That's M-A-X underscore B-A-N underscore A-U-K-E-N. Go subscribe to the MVP podcast. You can catch me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Subscribe to Combo's court podcast you could catch max on twitter at max underscore band underscore often you can catch me on twitter at combos court same name as the podcast and don't forget to subscribe to this path don't forget to subscribe to this podcast the believe in magic podcast thanks so much for having me on max it's always great talking to me why am i thanking you you're my co-host i'm gonna say this is what we do combo <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always great talking basketball with you, Max. And uh, I do want to thank you because you're a good friend, a great co-host. Aww. It's always great talking magic basketball and more. And we that moment of the week, man, wow, that was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. That could be its own podcast right there, like a mini, like a mini pod, right? It could. We may have to record one on one of our platforms yeah, as well. We may that. have to try release that that segment on MVP, Discord, <laughs> and the Believe in Magic Network. Just give them like a little mini sode. Yeah, no, seriously, because there's so much to unfold there. But Combo, it's always a pleasure, and I know we'll talk soon. Later, bro. Talk soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.